BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Most time on the Ben Jaroski show as I speak. It is it's the day before Thanksgiving. Good God. Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. Day before Thanksgiving. You're hearing this the day after, two days after Thanksgiving. But it's the day before Thanksgiving as we do this. Uh, the, the story headline that's apropos to what we're going to be talking about. Sometimes, I'm going to show it to my guests. They can, well, they can't really see it. Sorry, guests. That was <laughs> didn't really work. It's Unwelcome Matt. That's the headlines in the Sun-Times. Sometimes think they're funny. Unwelcome Matt. Matt Nagy is the coach of the Chicago Bulls. And, of course, Welcome Matt. Get it? A Welcome Matt that's in front of your door. This is an Unwelcome Matt. Sometimes it's funny. It's kind of funny. Uh, Matt Nagy is, uh, as I speak, still the coach of the Chicago Bears, but who knows if he'll be the coach by the time you hear this. Without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself. And so distinguished guest whose first name begins V-I-N, introduce yourself. Vincent E. Normant, founder of the Marijuana Hall of Fame, uh, license holder, uh, Dispensary, craft growth, transportation, love the cannabis industry, uplift our people. Shout out to Inglewood, fellow Inglewood on board as well. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Vincent. Uh, and frequent guest on the Ben Jarofsky show, a good friend of me and my show. Uh, second distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Is Victoria Williams from ACC of Illinois, founder and CEO of ACC of Illinois. Also, ACC of Illinois Transportation. We won the first transportation cannabis license in the state of Illinois. We also are a dispensary awardees and also a craft grow as well. And you went to high school in Englewood. Am I correct, Victoria? Didn't I have that? Victoria? I did. I, have I, did. That. I graduated from Paul Robeson High School, class of 2003. Right. She always says 2003 to remind everybody how much younger she is than me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm wrong. I was class of 2002. <laughs> oh, okay. Big difference. <laughs> oh. 
I, I was an old man by then. Another program class of 2003. So in high school, I had something called College Excel, where I got college credit and high school credit. So I didn't have to do a um, two-year program. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I ended up getting my medical assistant the year after because I was right. taking it in high school. In 2002, I don't know what I was. I was like uh, 52 years old or something. All right, neither here nor there. Let's move on to the topic at hand. Uh, Vincent and Victoria become our bull, our Bears experts, but they're also Bulls experts. So we're going to do a little Bulls conversation. My beloved Chicago Bulls. Everybody knows my favorite team. This is Chicago Bulls. Uh, and Vincent and Victoria actually share that passion with me. I think Victoria a little more than Vincent, but we'll get into all that. Uh, let's start with the Bears. Uh, Victoria, we'll go with you first. Victoria, die-hard Bear fan. She goes to games. She went all the way out to Vegas to watch the Bears play the Raiders. And, oh, my goodness, we were going to do a show, and it would, we couldn't schedule it. I forgot this, Vincent. We were going to do a show about John Gruden, his crazy self. The Bears essentially ran him out of the league when they beat him, and then it came out he was a freaking racist. Uh, so much has happened uh, on the football Bears front since we last talked. But one thing is for certain, Matt Nagy, the coach of the Bears, is on the ropes. The Bears have been dreadful, absolutely dreadful, Victoria. You have given them your love, your allegiance, your money for tickets, and all they have given you in return is horrible football. And so in your humble opinion, should Matt Nagy be fired as coach of the Chicago Bears. Victoria, take it away. Fire Matt Nagy. Oh, today. What, what? <laughs> Give me a Christmas gift, okay? <laughs> I have tried and I've tried and I've held it off. And and I really, you know, was hoping for better. We may have he has to go. He has to go right now. Now, uh, before I uh, ask Victoria to uh, go into further uh, details about that, Vincent, your thoughts? Hey, you know, beginning of the season, I had no confidence in him. I was saying fire him last year. We got a new quarterback. He's a rookie. We need somebody in a leadership position to help him, you know, find his tools, shine his tools, get to the best of his ability, but he can be a Patrick Mahorn or – What's his name? Watson. Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson. Oh, Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. Now, oh, Lamar me, Jackson. Yeah. So, okay. What I don't understand about Matt Nagy is that he showed some promise that first year. The Bears made the playoffs, if you recall, that first year. And then it seems as though it has been all downhill since. And with each year, Vincent... Uh, and Victoria, he seems to lose more and more of his credibility as a coach and more and more of his control of the team. And I, I'm not quite sure what happened. Like, was the first year just an illusion? Uh, was it just luck? I, I read the papers. I listen to the talk shows. I've not seen any uh, explanation for the deterioration of the Bears under Matt Nagy. And so I turn to you, Victoria, uh, for some kind of guidance. Why do you think the Bears have deteriorated under Nagy over the last several years? Um, I think he's just bad for play calling. I think that he needs to be an assistant coach and that he needs to answer to somebody else. 
Uh, his leadership skills is just not there, in my opinion, as it relates to the support of that team. And I think they would do better if he called better plays. It's like some plays you're looking at it and you're like, why he do that? You know, you're looking around like, who made that call at the end of the day? And so to me, I just think that, yeah, I don't, I don't think I was, I was really hopeful and I was holding on to it. But as the season go on and it's getting worse and worse, it's like there, we're not even seeing improvement. And so that's, that's my problem there. I'm, I'm very, very unhappy. Vincent. I think, uh, she hit it right on the nail. He needs to be an assistant coach. Uh, his leadership, play calling, man, just don't go for it, you know. But then also you think about it. It's like you know you prepare for, let's say, Tampa Bay or New England. Each week you have to have a different game plan for each one of those teams. That's how you win. You can't keep running the same offense with each team, they are going to be ready for that. You can't. You have to be able to adjust your offense based on the defense that you're going to play the following week. Who's really good at that? Belichick. And then last I checked, New England is in first place. I do not think uh, Belichick will be coming to coach the Bears anytime soon because New England is not going to let him go. Uh, I still don't understand what happened, why he got through that first year and it's been all downhill since. I mean, he showed signs. That for, if I had interviewed you, Vincent, and you, Victoria, during that first year, in 2018, I think that's when it was, you guys would be singing a different song about Matt Nagy. You'd be like, oh, my goodness, what a breath, uh, fresh air, uh, how innovative he is. The team has never looked so good. I'm very excited. I've... I, I, like I said, I've never seen a deterioration in a coach. I, I tell you, you know, if you recall that season, during uh, one of the games, we got down to, I think, to the 30-yard line, and Nagy sat on the ball. <laughs> yeah. <He didn't, laughs> yeah. And the field goal kicker came out and missed. He repeated the same thing against the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoff, which would have advanced us to the – you know, next round. Set on the ball, field goal kicker came out, and again, missed. Game over. So uh, I just think that he, that leadership role, man, you know, it's crucial. It's crucial to be able to make those decisions, you know, and be able to, you know, get the best out of your team, you know. That's what it is. I mean, you, you just see it even week to week. Like they say, any given Sunday. Look how many teams that were sitting at the top of the division got upset by teams at the bottom of the division. That means some coaching, something went into their game plan to to at least eke out one of those wins against the uh, you know division leaders. You know, it's coaching, man. It's always coaching. I believe that. All right. So the last time uh, we talked Bears football, both of you were very excited about the rookie. I call him the rookie because he's a rookie. Justin Fields, the quarterback. Victoria, you were particularly excited about him. Now we're here. We're in about four weeks later, four games later. Do you still have that excitement for him? Do you still think uh, that he has a bright future to be uh, a, a great star uh, in the NFL, or have you started to sour on him? 
I still um, am hopeful. Um, I'm still going to be a fan. I I think that the world had too big of expectations of him. You know, I think the, we have to give him time, let him play a little bit more with his team, get comfortable with his team. And I think in about another two years, maybe three, he will be groomed into what we're looking for. I think that we put applied so much pressure, us as fans, we was just excited to see him on the field. I'm like, as long as he stay healthy, I am very hopeful for him, and he still has my support. Vincent? You know, I, I feel the same way, you know. I just I'm, – I'm, I still feel like, you know, from when I seen him play in preseason, some of the things that he did, to, you know, in preseason was amazing. So I was excited, you know, from day one. But I know that the uh, person that's calling the plays, that's behind this quarterback, we need change. We need a we need a coach that is going to utilize him to the best of his ability. And some of the plays that he's done, if you think about it, they was off script, just pure talent, you know, pure skills. And those are the kind of things we need to get. We need to have plays centered around that, where he can be more creative. If, if the play is not there, he have options. And uh, that we're not seeing that. Well, I, I have to say this. He's running for his life. I have to say this about uh, something that Victoria said. She said, in three years, we'll see it. And uh, she said that, I go, three years? <laughs> I got to wait three years? <laughs> get three years. We don't get three years, Victoria. Yeah. I believe next year we're going to be in a playoffs with a different coach. With a different coach, I believe this Bears team can get to the playoffs. With a different coach. You know, we, we definitely can't wait three years because that's just not the cap. That, you know, it's, it's get in there, get the job done. If you can't get it done. <laughs> How are we going to develop better play our players? Nagy, that type of leadership is this, not happening. Nagy is on his way out, you know. And if the Kowskis were really about that business, then, you know, they should have said Monday morning, hey, come in the office, listen, we got to part ways. But you know what it's about, Ben? They don't want to be able to write that check. <laughs> while he's Coach, you know that and I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and something got to come up, write that check, maybe work out a reduction in the, in the deal and send him on his way because he'll get picked up somewhere. Yeah. As a, as a assistant, <laughs> assistant coach. Uh, by the way, there is no reduction in the deal. It's a contract, and uh, Victoria and you are in the are business people, and you understand what a contract means. You have a contract. That's a contract. You can't just write to re re reduce a contract. Vincent, <laughs> let no one reduce his contract. <laughs> oh my goodness! Right. <laughs> Could you imagine, Vincent? Yes, we all know about Vincent's not gonna. Give up on a contract. We all know about that. Uh, I, I will say this uh, about Justin Fields. I've He shows so much promise, Victoria. I get so excited. And then I get baffled by some of the plays that Nagy or whoever's calling them. And I, just this last game sticks in my mind. The opening drive, I think it was, and he looks so good bringing that team down the field, rolling out, hitting 
uh, the receivers in stride. And then every now and then uh, doing a run uh, just to keep the defense honest. And then it came out to third and five from like the 25-yard line or something. They were attacking. And I'm like, okay, he's going to – let's see that arm. Let's see him go in motion and throw on the run. What does he do? A pitch out. Um, uh, what? And the running back got sacked at the line of scrimmage. They bring in the kicker. He missed the field goal, Vincent. I was like, oh, my God, this is – it went from such optimism and, and hope. So, anyway, I, I, uh, I saw uh, the story yesterday that was breaking that Matt Nagy was going to be fired after Thanksgiving, win or lose against the Lions, the worst team in football, by the way, if the Bears lose to the Lions. I almost want them to lose to the Lions, Victoria. Just If you're going to be bad, be really bad. Um, but, uh, no, Victoria's shaking her head no. She wants to win. We probably will, but I want us <laughs> to win. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I've I've never rooted against the Bears in my life. All right, uh, so I I still have uh, hope in the rookie, and I des- I think you're absolutely correct, Victoria. They need a new coach. Um, all right, let's just talk a little John Gruden before we move on. John Gruden, the former coach of the Oakland Raiders, uh, at the Bears. His last game as a coach. Uh, the Bears went to Vegas and beat the Las Vegas Raiders with Victoria in the stands, cheering them on, sending me texts throughout the game. Uh, and, uh, oh, you weren't in the stands cheering them on. Okay, well, you were cheering them on anyway. Uh, and uh, it was after then that it turned out that all these emails uh, surfaced uh, in which John Gruden was um, ranting and railing or racist stuff, anti-woman stuff. Really bizarre, twisted rhetoric from a coach uh, in the NFL. So, Vincent, we'll start with you. John Gruden's a a white man in a league in which 75% of the players are black. I just want you to think about that, Vincent. 75%. The analogy sticks. His nickname is Chucky, and you know, Chucky say, hi-yo, you can trust me. I'm your friend to the end. Then we know how Chucky acts. So that's John Gruden. He greets everybody with a smile, but behind closed doors, he'll stab you in the back like Chucky. <laughs> that's it. That's the analogy. That's plain and simple. And he got caught. Did you know Gruden at all, Vincent? You, you've had a lot of dealings in sports. You know? Did you meet him ever? I've never met him. You know. Um, you know. Her stories, but never met him. No, uh, Victoria, does that sort of sum up your attitude about John Gruden? What Vincent said, you know, I, in my personal opinion, the Raiders is just having a bad year, right? <laughs> Everything it's just a lot of negative publicity around it. But as far as that particular person, I don't even speak his name because of the ignorance that he display. Um, the the issue that I have is there's more like him. They just haven't been caught and their emails haven't been read. And it's unfortunate that we are still dealing with that type of behavior in 2021. It's like really the nerve of you. So I'm glad he's gone. You know, you did it to yourself and your ignorant ways, because at the end of the day, racism is a choice. You choose to dislike people. You choose to say nasty words and hurtful words. You choose to put these things right. All of these things are choices that you made. What kind of leader are you? Exactly. And to add to that sexism too, you know, uh, there's been comments about, you know, women shouldn't be referees on the football field. 
all of those things. You know, when it comes down to inclusion and diversity, everyone should have a chance to hold a job if they can hold that job. It's plain and simple, you know, so. You know, he said a lot of things about a lot of people, you know, the LGB community as well. Uh, and his, one of his players came out. Like you said, there's a lot of stuff happening with the Raiders, you know. The, yeah, the receiver just, you know, was going 100 and some miles and hit the SUV and killed uh, someone. And his, you know, his his career is over with. But, you know, uh, I, I do, I'm going to switch, uh, kind of switch the uh, script. But that quarterback, did come out and you never really see that he did come out and say you know he is a good guy that made a bad decision and he wanted to support him as much as possible because you think about it he's going through a lot he's a young guy that made a dumb mistake a dumb decision that caused somebody you know death but he still has to live his life he still has to function in this society and he's going to need people mentally to support him so, you know, I mean, the consequences are there, but I like the way uh, the quarterback came out and, and showed support. Yeah, It's hard to do when you have to worry about the scrutiny you would get for support and such things because someone did lose their life at the yeah. end of the day. And, and, and it was preventable. You know, these things, the, uh, back, we're going back to choices that people make. You know, there was a young woman in a car with him. She could have drove that Ferrari, you know? So it's, it goes back to that. And it's so unfortunate because I look at him and when it happened and I read the story, I was like, his life is over with. He has ended his career and he's going to do some time because Nevada laws are different from, you know, a lot of other places. So when people go out and they move to these other states, they better understand what these the punishment of some a lot of these laws and that particular state as it relates to DUI. The, the the punishment, I mean, severe is is extremely severe. So you know, I, it's hard for someone to step up because they also get backlash from the scrutiny. But like you said, everyone needs support. Everyone makes mistakes, and um, our thoughts and prayers to that family that lost that young lady um, to that crash as well. Yeah, that was a real sad story. And uh, but I d I did notice that uh, Vincent that uh, uh, Carr spoke out for him, uh, and I had to give him credit for that. Is as awful as it was because your instinctive reaction at a moment like that is to turn uh, on the the drunk driver, and it's really hard to. Def I mean, there's no defense for him, obviously. But if you knew him before in a different light, then maybe you you should you owe it to the world just to express that. Um, now he also spoke up that quarterback did for John Gruden, which I had a little hard, <laughs> I had a hard time on that one. Uh, <laughs> he spoke up for Gruden. Uh, all right. Uh, before we leave football together, uh, Victoria, you wanted to say a word or two about your favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. We're laughing at favorite. Uh, he came into, so he's had a, I own been, you I, moment. Been, yes. The yes. I own. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. When I tell yeah. you, I cringed yeah. at that statement. I was like, and and I have some family members that are Green Bay fan. Oh, you got a son-in-law that's a Green Bay fan, right? Yes, I do. Yes, my son-in-law brought When he said it, 
When I tell you I cringed, I was like, <laughs> we got to beat this team at least once and put him to bed. Because he said my entire career, I was just like, oh, God, it hurts when you write. It hurts. <laughs> you do not own us, Aaron Rodgers. That's one thing for sure. And eventually the Bears will win. Well, maybe have... not under Nagy, but under some more leadership. We're counting on yeah. the win. And we will beat you. You do not own the Chicago Bears, Aaron. <laughs> well, you know, we also got uh, the following week, you know, Tom Brady came out and made a little, you know, uh, video where he played rapper, drill, Chief Keith. And was talking about Love Sosa, Love Sosa. So that was a space also. So, you know, people been people been talking trash about the Bears. Using our music, right? Using our artists and our music. You know what? It is so funny to see Tom Brady on social media. It is so funny. And I actually laughed at that video a couple of times. Right. And I called one of my girlfriends who has always been a Tom Brady fan. I said, that's your man's there? <laughs> that's your guy <laughs> playing our music? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really, really funny. And he looks happy and healthy in the process. And I see he's just not doing it to the Bears. He does it to whatever team that he, you know. But Aaron Rodgers, his was definitely for the Bears. I own you. But Tom Brady, his was out of fun and it was out of love. It was a good video. I laughed at it, you know. But he's not walking around telling us he owns us neither. No. I, I, I've changed my attitude about Brady as time's going on. First of all, how can you not respect the man as a football player? He's 45 years old or whatever it is, and he's still at the top of his game. He looked great the other night on Monday Night Football. Uh, and, yeah, Victoria does it to everybody. It's not just the Bears, so it's not personal. Uh, he, doesn't, it just, he just doesn't seem to have that smugness and arrogance of Aaron Rodgers who just you know, thinks he's above it all. Uh, and Tom Brady, who... So, to me, he's so down to earth, you know? I, I like watching his Instagram. I'm like, he's having fun. He's doing what he loves. He's 45. He's healthy. Go ahead. <laughs> come to the Bears, please. Yeah, come to the Bears. <laughs> he would... First thing he would do is say, get a new coach. Uh, or he wouldn't listen to the coach. He would just overrule him. All right, let's leave football behind. By the next time we have our conversation, I think uh, we'll be talking about a new coach of the Chicago Bears when we move back to football. We'll go to my beloved Chicago Bulls, and uh, they are off to a pretty good start. As we speak, they have a game tonight in Houston. Uh, as, uh, as we speak, they're 12-6. and six. None of the experts predicted this. The folks in Vegas said, at best, their Bears would be a 500 team this year. Uh, they weren't even picked to be in the playoffs. At best, they'd be a play-in team for the playoffs. We've had people come on this show that said the Bears' off-season acquisitions did not help them. I'm thinking of you, uh, Benji the Bookie, uh, with your uh, prognostications. And yet here they are, 12-6. and six. Uh, We'll start with you, Vincent. You're a, a longtime Bulls fan, big-time basketball fan. Uh, and a former colleague of Michael Jeffrey Jordan. We'll get into that in a little while. Uh, do you think the Bulls are for real? Yeah, they're definitely for real. You know, I mean, what the Bulls have is what every team should have if they're going to be to compete. They got two closers. I mean, you know, Rosen and, uh, was it Levine? Le- 
Levine. Levine. DeRozan and Zach Attack yeah. Levine. Zach, Zach Levine, yeah. yes. Those two guys there at any given moment when there's, you know, three minutes left in the fourth quarter and they need a bucket, they need to, you know, close, they can handle that position. And more importantly, they're good free throw shooters. Because if you remember, the reason why the Bulls won six rings is that when you fouled them in the last four minutes, they were making the free throws. And I can tell you, some a lot of teams lost championships, aka LeBron James, for missing free throws. You know, you got to make free throws at the end, and those guys can they can close if they get fouled, they're gonna make the free throws. So I think this bull is gonna go and get. Yeah, I want to say at the semifinals, I want to say they, they got a chance to get in the championship if they play the right teams at the right time. They because they that good. A healthy Bulls team can get to the championship. You heard it here. That uh, You're going out on a limb there. Uh, Victoria, uh, do you agree with Vincent that they're for real? These guys are young and they hungry. Um, when they played the Knicks, though, the Rosen did lose that, you know, he missed the, the, the jump shot that could have saved the game. However, we saw them come back, you know, and those boys are young. So, you know, when they playing those Lakers and they got the, you know, the the seasoned guys out there with all this seasoned experience, these guys are young. They are hungry. We got my Lonzo Ball. You know, I followed him since college, you know, high school, you know, uh, and, and we really just have an overall great team. I like seeing all of the guys out on that court. And, um, you know, I was at the game. I, I've been at quite a few of them this season and it's, it's been a while since I've been able to really enjoy the Bulls as much as I have this year on um, they winning season so it feels really good to be at the games and being able to see Tony Kukoc got you know inducted to the Hall of Fame so I was there and when I saw Tony Kukoc I just went nuts like it was like one of the best days of my life, you know, I was jumping up and down. I forgot I had had surgery. I was jumping up and down and like, oh, wait, wait, let me calm myself down. So I've been really, really excited about the Bulls this year. And I'm just hoping they keep going. Um, I really don't see a threat other than Golden State. You know, other than Golden State, I really think that well, they, they, get they to, play anybody else besides I said they get State. to the championship. They won't win it but they'll get to the championship, which is a good step because it took Mike to get to the championship a couple of times to get where they needed to be. You know, when they did finally, well, when they finally got there to the championship, they did win, but I'm just saying, but in the Eastern Conference Finals, they're going to get there. They're definitely going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if they're going to win it, but they're going to get there. And that's you what can tell like they, they plan together. You can see that they're communicating on that court. You see that they these these guys are enjoying each other's company out there, which makes it look like a basketball game. You know, like you want to go out there and you want to see some action. And those guys, that you, if you want to win against the Chicago Bulls, you're gonna have to earn that that win. And that's what I really love because it's like they're they're not getting you know. Well, they did just get blown. We ain't going to talk about that, about the Golden State game. Yeah, yeah, You're going to have to earn it. You're not just going to – they're not laying down and taking whoopings. Well, they got blown up by the Indiana Pacers on Monday, and Vincent wants to weigh in on that. Go ahead. The reason why they got blown out is I believe, I truly believe this, and the coach even came to it at the press conference and said it. 
he inserted Kobe White too soon in the starting lineup. He just got back. Don't change your lineup. You know, keep it fresh. Bring him off the bench. Let him get back into used to the game. It was just too much for him. Yeah, he got 14 points off the bench the, the game before, but he still needed to gradually come back into the game. And I think it just threw the chemistry off. And next thing you know, they was down by 10, 20, and it was over with. The chemistry was thrown off, you know? Yeah. You can literally see that. Yeah. Well, uh, just to elaborate, I mean, Kobe White was in there because uh, Alex Caruso was injured for that game. So he, they, the normal starter, AC, was out. So they put Kobe White in. Uh, you could have made an argument for putting in uh, Javante Green or somebody else who'd been playing with the team for a while, but uh, I don't, that was such a blowout, Vincent. I, I it, it just seemed like the Bulls were still f- feeling high and happy from the Sunday beating the Knicks. Uh, they turned right around. They got the Pacers coming in, and the Pacers are a sub five hundred. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls just kind of. Not blew off the game. That wasn't an easy game to win, you know, and then the next day to do it all over again. And I know this is what they get paid for, but they're humans too. Their bodies too, you know, they get worn out too. And and they look like they was, they look like they were a little out of sync. Yeah. But yeah. They, they definitely did. All right. So I have to ask Vincent this question and then Victoria, you get to listen to his answer and come up with a response. This is uh, something it's not directly related to the Bulls. We'll, uh, but I have to ask Vincent this because there's no ducking and dodging with Vincent. So on Monday night, I think it was Monday night, uh, the Lakers are playing the Pistons. Uh, and it's a free throw. I forget who's on the line. Shoots the free throw. And the jostling for the rebound, LeBron James elbows Isaiah Stewart. Cuts, opens up a gash, Vincent, over Isaiah Stewart's eye. And it it looked worse probably than it was because they said five stitches closed it. But Vincent, blood dr- pouring over the guy's eyes, down his face, and he lost it. Isaiah Stewart lost it. Goes after LeBron James, is separated, pulled aside, comes back to get at LeBron James. They hold him off, pull him back. A third time he comes back, knocking people over, looked like a young Vincent E. Norman playing football the way he was knocking bodies over. When all is said and done, when all is said and done, Isaiah Stewart gets two days suspension, two games suspension. LeBron James gets one day. In your humble opinion, Vincent E. Normand, was that a just appropriation of penalties? Or do you think that LeBron was protected because he is the greatest in the game right now. Vincent E. Norman, go. I think LeBron should have gotten three games and uh, the young man should have got two. But, yeah, you know, this this is the thing. When I saw it, I first saw it, I was like, oh, okay, maybe that was just a – but then when you see the impact of the the elbow, you knew that was frustration. And that was clearly – not that he was trying to hit elbow him in the eye, but that was clearly malice intent on getting him off, right, of him. And that elbow, the damage that was done. I'm personally, if I'm that guy, I don't play another game in the league. I'm retiring. 
I can't see. How much money? <laughs> oh, how much money of my, of my potential lead? I could have got a hundred million dollar contract. I could have got maybe a million dollar contract. But this is the way. Knock it off, Vince. No, I'm <laughs> listen. Hear me out, Victoria. The reason why I'm saying that because listen, LeBron got one game because. Adam Silverman knows that if he had to suspend him more than one game or multiple games past that, those sponsors would have been highly upset because they're paying for TV ratings, they're paying for commercials, they're paying for the games that LeBron played, not the games where he's sitting on the bench or suspended or stuff like that. So it was a money issue also. You know, like... like I, I got to disagree with you here. Um, oh. And I've watched that play over and over, I want to say at least 10 times. And I think that if stitches were not required and the blood was not shown, you guys will not feel the same way. I think that, yeah, he, you know, elbow, like, you know, that's, you know, as part of playing ball. But I really don't think that he intended to hurt him. He reached back to see if the guy was good. And you guys didn't see the blood until he was doing all of the movement. And then, you know, as you're doing all of these things and, you know, you saw all of the blood coming. But initially, it did not look like the injury was to the extent that it actually was. So I really don't think that he did it with malice. You, you, won't, you won't make me believe it. No, you, you won't, sir. I'll tell you this. I worked with LeBron James when he was in high school. And everything, knowing well, right? But I can tell you this: his career in the league has always been fake fouls, pretending that somebody hurt him. Oh my God, this happened! So LeBron, you know, is very clever and calculated on things that he does, you know, during the game. So, like I said again, this was frustration. They was getting beat down. He was upset. And he just threw that elbow. I saw him reach back. And him reaching back to me, he was checking to see, hey, I'm about to lift you up. And by then, Isaiah still was like, all bets off, you know? But, okay, you saw him reach back. Did you see this here? Yeah, that elbow. So I used to play basketball. And not, I've been fouled. So. Not like this. Not like this. Not like this. Like, <laughs> it was. Okay. It was. I saw that, Vincent, and I looked at it several times. And and to me, I felt like, you know, they were playing basketball. But I don't think that he intended to injure him. Did he think this guy was going to end up with five stitches? I don't believe that he intended for no, it to be that type of injury. He actually reached for to help him. So he don't. you're not going to give him credit for that because you guys know the history of what you say, and I'm not a LeBron James fan. Let's be very clear about that. I'm saying that I watched that video over and over and over. And to me, if he intended to hurt this guy, he wouldn't been trying to help him get up. He would have walked off like it was nothing and waited and looked at the calls and said, oh, that's what I did? Oh. No, what LeBron realized in the split second was, oh, shit. <laughs> messed up. Yeah, he threw that elbow. He did throw an elbow. Hey, oh, Lord. Look, if you realize you did something wrong, you get, you quickly try to correct it or you continue to go on about your business. 
And, you know, LeBron James is not uh, a dumb guy at all. So he was like, oh, and he even, you know, to his credit, to his credit, to his credit he called him and apologized too. So he is a stand-up guy, you yeah, know. Yes, come on. He knew, listen, look, LeBron James is not only a role model. He had two boys and a daughter. He's a father. He So, you know, he knows that that type of behavior, if he doesn't, you know, just man up, then what is his son going to do? His son going to be in the league about two or three years from now. So, you now, know. The accountability portion is very yeah. important, to, you know. Yeah. And and he did take, you know, responsibility for his actions. Um, did y'all see all the people that Isaiah knocked over on the ground, though? Oh, my God. I tell you, it's like Vincent, even Norman in high school playing football. He was like plowing through people. I'm like. I, I believe he deserved two games. Vincent, I believe he deserved two games. You cannot lose your control. And I, was, I'm gonna, I am now going to defend LeBron James. I'm going to defend LeBron James. And I'm saying this as a Bulls fan whose heart has been broken so many times by LeBron James. The man gets so much abuse in the game, people pounding on him, hitting him, slapping him. I have never seen LeBron James lose his cool. His mental toughness, his ability to take that kind of heat in a high-pressure game. Vincent... I, I truly, you got to go back to Michael Jordan, somebody who, or Kobe Bryant, who has that mental toughness. They're not, he knows that if he throws a punch, he's kicked out of the game. It's going to hurt his team, hurt his career. And so even during, while Isaiah Stewart is rushing at him, did you notice that LeBron James stood back with the referees? He was going nowhere near it. He wasn't going to engage him in any way. He knew that they had to end this conflict right there and then. So he didn't feel compelled, Victoria, to go up and talk. You know how some guys in a fight, in a football fight, will go right in your face and point your finger? He didn't do that. He's, so I have to give LeBron James a lot of credit. I'm glad he did. Oh, he, and, he, he, I saw Wes ready for whatever. You know, <laughs> Westbrook was standing there like, you know, if you run up, if you want to. Well, you know, Westbrook, that's a, that's a, that's a South Central guy, L.A., so you know he 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 ready to go, <laughs> but I mean, but LeBron did show restraint. But again, because you know, uh, you know the aftermath, he he knew that already. He he was going to be ejected from the game from that. He already knew that suspension was going to come. So why add to fuel to the fire? You know, because if he would have went forward, then he might have got. Put, now he putting Adams Albert. I mean Adam Silverman in a bad position now, where he's going to have to really suspend them multiple games. And again, it's about money. It's about the sponsors. It's about the commercials that's being run. And it, that's why, you know, even when you see the games on TNT and ESPN, they all calculate. And it's also uh, about the paid spectators. And Victoria and I are paid spectators. We go to Bulls games. And if we had the Lakers next, and we want to see LeBron James, we're paying money to see LeBron James. Tickets. I'm gonna be at the game. He better be playing. Yeah, you want him playing. And if uh, I remember uh, Jordan uh, one year inadvertently pushed a ref. I for, I remember. I always defend Jordan, so I call it inadvertently. And he got suspended for a game. Uh, the fans the next day were so disappointed. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That he got suspended. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I think it was uh, it was a Utah game. Anyway, neither here nor there. All right, let's close with Michael and Scotty. And uh, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the greatest basketball player ever uh, played the game. Uh, the man responsible for being six, not 
five, not four, not three, not two, not one, but six championships to my beloved uh, Chicago Bulls. And um, I, I'd give him all the credit because he was the one who made the Bulls a championship team, but he couldn't have done it alone. It's not one on five. And Scottie Pippen took exception. Uh, to Michael Jordan in The Last Dance, the uh, documentary that Jordan produced. It seemed like Jordan took all the credit and, and called everybody else's supporting cast. And Scotty got really upset, wrote a book about it. <laughs> got a lot of publicity trashing Jordan, saying Jordan uh, is not as great as he thinks he is. Couldn't have done it without him, Scotty Pippen. Uh, and to, to, ought to give more respect to the Scotty Pippins of the world. We'll start with you, Vincent, because you know Michael Jordan. Uh, so your thoughts, was Scottie Pippen justified to rip Michael Jordan the way he did? Go ahead. <clears throat> nah, you know, it's, it's like, look, teammates are teammates. You know what your role was with the Bulls. Michael knew what his role was with the Bulls. Neither one of y'all would have won rings without each other. That's a fact. So... This is about where you're at now in your life and where Michael Jordan is at now in his life. You cried about, you know, he got $2 million for the documentary. You didn't get anything. Whose fault is that? That's your agent's fault. You should ask for some money if you're going to be in a documentary. You mismanaged your money throughout your career. There's, doc, you know, history about that. You've made deals on real estate that didn't pan out. So your funds are a little bit uh, depleted in the in your account, and that's where the anger lies. You know, uh, you just didn't play your cards right, Scotty. So now you can't point fingers and be mad at Michael Jordan because, you know, first of all, you don't you have a uh, radio face. <laughs> Pam 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 said that in in Vegas. He was trying to holler at Pam, you know, Pam that played on Martin. I can't remember her name. Tisha, is it Tisha? What is it? Tisha Arnold, yeah. And she, and she was like, she, out of all people now, I ain't saying I'm a good looking guy, but she was like, hey, come here. She grabbed my arm. She's like, act like you just with me for he could get out of my face. And I looked around, looked up, there goes Scotty Pittman. She's like, that big nose, ugly, mother, I don't want to talk to him. And I was like, oh my God. This happened for real. So, Scotty, you know this happened. So, if you want to sue me, come sue me. But I'm just telling the story like it is. You know, but anyway, Scotty's just a hater. He's a hater. Um, I don't know if you guys kept up with some years ago with the rapper Future and Scotty Pippen's wife. And now you see Scotty Pippen got the, the young boy's hairstyle. I wish my, my, my kid just came home from college. He got this hairstyle. Okay, <laughs> the kid, the college kid. And so you see Scottie Pippen walking around here dressed like, you know, he's hip hop. And, and he just seems like he's going through a midlife crisis. And I and I think when he talked about these things about Jordan and things like that, like, let's not forget Tony Kukoc saved your career. Had it not been from Tony Kukoc, my guy, you've been out of here. So let's, you know. <laughs> humble yourself a little bit, Pippin. You gotta come back down a little bit. Come on, because we know people who watched it for real, real Bulls fans, we know the truth. So you might want to humble yourself just a little bit and, and, and go heal a little bit because he looks like he's going through a midlife crisis and I'm young. He needs a job. He needs a job. 
Scotty needs a job. And, you know, Scotty has been touring the circuit, you know, you know, being interviewed by Michael Strahan, anybody that'll listen to that shit. And the only reason why people are touring. Right, but I'm saying, though, but listen, you said it. he's going through a midlife crisis. He need a job. And, you know, the best thing that uh, the advice I can give to Scotty is leave Pam alone, one. And two, you better reconcile with Michael Jordan. Uh, I, that rec reconcile with Michael Jordan may be harder than it looks. As much as I love Michael Jordan on the basketball court, and really, he's the greatest of all time, uh, will, is my favorite. Well, I hope my favorite book will always be Norm Van Leer because that was my hero when I was a kid growing up. So, Norm... God bless you. You will always be my favorite. Jordan's uh, number two. But as much as I love him on the court, uh, Vincent and Victoria, you both know his reputation. He holds a grudge. He would fit well in with my family. My family is known to hold a grudge for 50 years. Okay? You got uncles. Don't talk to aunts. You got brothers. Don't talk to sisters. Something happens. That's it. You're not going to see them at Thanksgiving for another decade. So he'd fit right in. And he holds a grudge, Vincent. He still won't, as far as I know, he won't talk to Barkley. Charles Barkley, they were best of friends because Barkley said something critical about him uh, being an owner of the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, when Sports Illustrated made fun of him with their cover story about him playing baseball, he said, that's it, Sports Illustrated. I'm not giving you another interview. He holds a grudge. So I have a feeling that it's going to be very difficult for Scottie Pippen to get into Michael Jordan's good graces anytime soon. You're right. You're probably right. You're there. In fact, I'll go one step further. I think Justin Fields will be a great quarterback for the Chicago Bears before Michael Jordan forgives Scottie Pippen for this thing. And you already said that's going to be three years, Victoria. <laughs> give it another two to three. But I think in due time, definitely give it more time. We're going to see better from Justin Fields for sure. All right, very good. And uh, with that, we will close it uh, down. Victoria and Vincent, uh, th can't thank you uh, enough. Uh, I want to wish both of you a happy Thanksgiving, and thank you for all the support you've given to me and my show. And uh, nothing but the best for you and your families, all right? Happy Thanksgiving to you, Ben. Thanksgiving to you. Vincent. All right, Victoria, Ben. You know what I'm saying? Too much turkey. Don't eat too much turkey. Very good. That's uh, Victoria Williams, Vincent E. Norman. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Thank you.